Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. This is Priscilla McKinney, the little bird president and CEO. They really call me the mama bird around here, but I'm so delighted with the guest I have on today who I've known for a very long time. I love him. You're going to love him. But let's hear a little bit today from Dan Kyoto. Hi. Hello there. How are you, Priscilla? Good. I'm good. You know, we used to see each other a lot more often, and I just have to say at the beginning of this podcast, we just do not see enough of each other. We don't, and because we don't, I have a Starbucks cup here because that's usually where we end up talking. I I feel like I'm right there with you. (laughs) It's true. What is it about that? Either I'm in a meeting there or you're in a meeting there or we're like crossing paths. Sometimes I'm heading to Pilates and I'm like... Lo and behold, Dan Kyoto, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's my office. That's they my they office. all know you. I will say that. <laughs> they they do. They know to when to expect his majesty. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I really wanted to invite you on the podcast because for my audience, I have a range of a lot of business owners, CEOs from small companies all the way up to very large companies, very successful companies. But also I have an interesting middle ground in there of other people who are freelancers, like vendors who are serving them along with me. And there's a lot of interest around a couple of things, coaching and around writing a book, having a platform, uh, and also public speaking, and you come into that trifecta completely. So these are the requests I get from my audience, and so these are the types of guests I like to have on my podcast. So all to say, you are a highly desirable guest on the podcast. <laughs> Feeling so good. I wonder what I'll say. Oh, this yeah. great. <laughs> I'm rolling out the red carpet, Dan. Come on. <laughs> you did. You did. So we know each other through business networking, but let everybody know, really, who is this mystery, Dan Kyoto? What What do you do? What just makes you tick? And I want to hear from directly from you about, really, what you feel your highlights are. You bet. You bet. Well, I'm having the fun of my life. This is just great because it's a second career for me. Right. I was in corporate America and all of a sudden I decided, okay, when am I going to jump off of that and be a solopreneur, start my own company, which Mm -hmm. I always wanted to do. So really this is, I guess, retirement because that's what it's supposed to be. But as my wife says, you really haven't retired. You've rewired And that is what it's become. I have enjoyed every step of this and every day I find something else. So I love to share that and how I went about finding this combination of executive coaching Mm -hmm. and corporate training. And those are basically the two things I do. And then along the way came being an author. Yeah. And I love doing that too. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm here in Naples, Florida, that's where I live. I also get back to the Midwest to work with my clients there. A lot of solopreneurs there, some in Chicago, some in New Mexico, all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so I built this from scratch, and I'm probably working harder than I ever have, <laughs> but it, it's wonderful. It, if you work hard enough and smart enough, you can build almost anything you want. Well, I was just kind of wondering, I know you very well, but how do you think your clients would describe you? And then I'll throw in a couple of words I feel really resonate from knowing you so long. But what do you think your clients feel about your approach or just a little bit of your personality or maybe mindset? Well, I think they would say that I'm a good listener. And I think that they would say that I know how to hone in on what it is that is a pain point 
point for them or something that they just want to move up to the next level. I call it leveling up Mm -hmm. so that they can be the best they can be. And what happens is that I know how much I get into this because when I'm talking to them at my office, which is Starbucks, Panera, <laughs> any, any place where I can get them out of work, because if, if they're at work, they're going to think the same way, they're going to have interruptions, and I need the executive in front of me, not just the worker, but the person. That's and so, yeah, usually my sessions are about 60 minutes twice a month with all the clients I have. And the reason I know, I think they would say that I really get into this, is that I sit very comfortably on that seat. And by the time we're getting close to the end, I'm on the edge of the seat. (laughs) And I noticed this one day and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm doing everything but standing up. But that's what shows me I'm doing the thing that I always wanted to do. And of course, the best part is, when I ask them, what's the one thing you want to work on this week? And they get excited about what they want to improve about themselves. Well, you know, you've said that many times to me. What's the one thing? And I I would add a couple of words to describe you. A good listener is very true. You're a very patient person. So that those two things go hand in hand. But I also feel like you're very practical. You give such practical advice to people. And I think that's that focus on what's the one thing you can change? What's one thing you'd like to improve? What do you want to work on? This world that we're in right now is just, it feels like a million things are coming at us, especially as entrepreneurs, you know, or if you're a manager trying to lead a team. And it is very hard when you're in the office. I get why you bring people out. But I love that, that singular focus, it seems you continue to have. So tell me about that. Have you been able to get people to even shift their own mindsets? Because your business is called impact training. So how does kind of how you get people to focus tie into the impact you're trying to have for them? Well, that's a good question. I I want to have an impact on their life, and I want everything they do to have an impact on their life and other people's lives. So that's that's what I really tie into. And it's all about digging down to find out what it is they want to know more about. Mm -hmm. So that one thing, I always tell them, it's the one thing right now. Mm -hmm. In my book, Perfect Timing, I talk about the flight check question that you ask yourself all day. Like the time I missed a flight because I wasn't looking at the board and they changed the gate. Mm -hmm. didn't make the flight. And so I tell them, pretend there's that board above you all day and you always check it. And what that board says is what I'm doing right now, the perfect use of my time. Mm -hmm. And if it is, pat yourself on the back. If it isn't, hop off of that. You still have time to do something really meaningful today. So what is actually, in your opinion, going on in the business world that that message is so desired? Well, if I look at what people come to me for, a lot of times it's organizational skills. Okay. So I will show them what my office looks like, show them on my iPad the pictures I've taken, how I organize myself, and let them know that they have to choose their own system. Mm-hmm. And that was primarily what they came to me for, and they still do. But the other thing that's out there is lack of focus. They mm-hmm. just don't know what to focus on anymore. 
And some of my companies have people, I, I coach the leaders within that company, and I look at their typical day, I follow them for a day to see what they do, and I get it. I understand all that's coming at them, the texts that come in. I worked with a company today, they have two cell phones, their own personal cell phone, and then they have the company cell phone, oh, and they also have a pager, and then there's email, and all this <laughs> stuff coming at us, so what do you do? And companies are getting leaner. So they have fewer people. But my contention is if you always focus on that one thing, your day goes better. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I will say is that because there's so much going on, leaders are busy too. And they don't have time to come around and say, hey, you're doing a great job. And let's face it, with millennials, that's a big deal. And Generation Z is going to be the same thing. They want recognition. But what I tell them is you're going to have to learn how to recognize yourself, to pat yourself on the back and say, I'm doing a good job. I agree that's sorely lacking in the business world. We're so quick to move on to that next thing. And sometimes taking that time to really relish what you've accomplished is it isn't it is actually needs to be a part of your organization it needs to be a part of your the way that you organize your day you have to allow for time you know for that i've i've heard before also you know the idea of giving criticism and before i do giving a softening statement before and i have to think about that with my team all the time i'm going to deliver some real critique but before i do that let me tell them what's going right but if I did not have that as an anchor, that's not my normal way. I'm so busy. I'm so quick to move on to the next thing. So what are some tips and tricks you would offer? Maybe I could incorporate a new one. <laughs> How do you bring in more time in your day to recognize yourself and others? Well, I guess, Priscilla, what I do for myself is I have a morning ritual I go through, and it's called Impact Pulse Points have to have impact in everything I do. Okay. <laughs> it's I love so, it. It's branding. These, these, <laughs> these pulse points are things I check when I do my morning run or my morning swim mm -hmm. about myself, about 10 different things. I just check to make sure I'm going to have an effective day. And one of those things is recognition. It's who am I going to recognize today? So I kind of etch that in my mind. For me, I have a page with some names on, and if you're a leader and you have, let's say, two or three or four people on your, in your team, why not have a page for them? And when you catch them doing something right, when you see some good things, write it down. Don't forget it. Commit yourself to making sure that if it goes blank for a while, you go back to writing something good about them. Because the secret is if you tell someone what they did right. If you catch them doing something right, they will want to do more of that. If we continually call them in, because as leaders, you know, we want to fix things too. Right. We're taught to fix things. And if we start there, then all they ever hear is, oh, something else I have to do. But if you call them in for something good and recognize them, and again, don't make it just, hey, great job, but <laughs> what did they do and what does that mean? Or once in a while, I like to call a person in and say, do you know what you bring to us? Do you know why you make this company as great it is, mm -hmm. as it is? Here is what you do. And they glow. 
And then the important thing is to remember, don't say anything else. Let them leave the office. Let them have that moment because they take that home tonight and they tell their family and others, guess what? Priscilla called me in today just to tell me this. Hmm. But if you add other things, oh, how are you doing on that deadline? Because your business is like <laughs> mine, a lot of deadlines. Things yeah. like, hey, how are you doing on that? The minute you do that, they yeah. didn't take it home. Right. They're not going to take it home tonight because it's just more stuff. Right. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not as good as softening the blow to a critique. True recognition and true appreciation for who people are is a huge boost to anybody. It, everybody likes it, no matter if people think, oh, I don't really re- need recognition. I, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I think every, everybody needs it. So that's one of the things they come to you. So organization is big. And then basically, I don't know how we would wrap that one up, but more like, Skill, leadership skills that seems like a big pocket of what people come to you for yes yes and I call it my team leader toolbox and each year I change the tools in that box for what they need to be a successful leader so that's another thing I do and, and try to assess where a person is on their leadership trail and the companies I work with I like to be able to tell them okay here's where they are and here's where I'd like them to be, and here's what I'm going to do to get them there. So leadership is big. People come to me for that. Customer service is big, which I'm working on another book about that because it is not at the place it should be. I don't think it should <laughs> You don't <lie>. say. <laughs> and, uh, oh, my gosh. So oh. that's something that, that they will come to me for. And also strategic visioning, which... Mm-hmm. I call it that, not a strategic plan, that book that gathers dust you never look at. Mm -hmm. But are you involved in strategic visioning? At Hodges University, I teach that here in Naples to help people understand you have to get every member of the team Mm -hmm. contributing to that strategic visioning or it's only ever your plan as the CEO, your plan. But let it become their plan and then One of the things I do is work with them to make sure they don't lose sight of it. It's easy to come up with a plan and just stick it away. Mm -hmm. But I think every quarter you have to figure out where you're at and what needs to change. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing they come to me for because they see that, wow, that strategic plan I used to do every five years, I now have to do every year. And it changes by the day. So that's something, too. Yeah, I would agree. But since you're on my podcast, maybe I can get a a little bit of free coaching here. So let me ask you. Of course you can. (laughs) So let me ask you. uh, Obviously, you know me well enough to know I'm I'm a big visionary. That's not an issue I have. I've got the vision. So what are a couple, you know, one or two tips you you would give me about how to get people on my team um, to buy in, how to own the vision. What are some things that leaders, even good leaders, fail to do that could really bring their team along with them in the process? Very good question. I, I think that that is key to getting them on board with all of this. Uh, I think you need to Show them that they're creative. Now, in your field, creativity is important. Yes. <laughs> but in other fields, people will say, oh, I'm not very creative. I'm not very creative. Well, I do exercises with them to show them that they are. And I haven't met a person yet 
who doesn't have that creativity and who doesn't smile after they learn that they are creative. The other thing I think you need to do is always make it a safe atmosphere that we're going to talk together here. I want all of your ideas. You will not hear me say we tried that before and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Or you won't hear me say, well, that's really not the best idea. And for every idea I hear from you, I promise you, I will not say, that's really good, but, mm. and I won't use the word but, I'll use the word and. That's really good. And maybe if we did this, that would really work next year. Wow. So you're always building that's such a that. different feeling, just the way I felt when you were saying it that way to me. It feels <laughs> very different hearing such a, a, a tiny change to the way that you are engaging me. One one does feel like I'm getting shut down and the other one feels like I'm becoming a part of something. So Yeah. I think it, and and to let your staff know, I want a staff of change agents. I want people here who want to change all the time. They're not afraid of doing it. They're not afraid to walk in a different door when they come to work each day. They're not afraid to take a different route. They'll look at things a different way. They're not afraid to walk in where they work and say, okay, if I were a client, how would I feel about this place? How would I feel about these people? And the other key thing that I think is good is to let them know that you don't know everything, that some of your I think my team knows things. <laughs> well, you know, and you know what? I know, I know that about you, that you're not afraid to say that. And that's what I like about you as a leader, that you're not afraid to show them that. Some leaders think, well, I'm the leader. I have mm-hmm. to have all the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I have to do all the big things. And you do the other stuff, which I'll delegate to you. That's right. just not the way it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, it's a circle, not... Mm-hmm hierarchy in my estimation right yeah so you mentioned the word change and so i know that there are a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs and and people who are leading small or big companies that are in a lot of pain about change i hear it all the time even in marketing i mean they just can't even keep up with what's next what's a fad what's what's trending what's what are all these measurements you know and what the heck is big data anyway and you know i mean just it goes on and on it's such a huge fatigue and so people that's I feel like all day long all they're doing is tr- is changing so how do you take a client and kind of steady that maybe quiet the noise and help them focus and I I, I know that you do because the the impact training is really starting to filter their efforts into what is truly important but how do you take someone who has just been practically accosted I think by you're out the just the noisy world to be able to then come and meet you and to be able to think straight. How does that work? <laughs> well, the, the way it works is that when I talk to a client and see what it is they're trying to achieve, I am looking, I, I do many surveys. I ask them lots of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, my first series of questions is called, called the starting line. And, and I just learn all about them. And they will many times say, I've never been asked that before. Mm-hmm. And I love that because that means we're, we're thinking now. But what I really want them to do, I'm looking for their gift. In other words, what they're genius at. Everybody's genius at something. Now, as a, as a solopreneur, you know too, when you first start something, 
until it gets bigger, you're doing everything. So right. you know how to do all that stuff. Then it gets to a point where you say, I can't do this all myself. That's where I like to be able to say to an entrepreneur, here's what you're genius at. This is what you bring to the table. If you were going to try to understand all parts of social marketing or technology and all of that, if you're going to try to do that, you're now pulling away from what you're genius at and you will never, ever get there. Mm -hmm. But if you get the right people to do it, like your organization, let them do what they do best. After all, you don't have time to clean the building now, and it probably wouldn't be that clean. Let's get someone, <laughs> let's get someone who can do that so that you can do what you have to do. So that is something I have to check in on with all of my clients to make sure that they're not taking all the work themselves, doing all the work themselves, thinking, Oh, I gave that to someone once. They didn't do a good job, so I took it back. Mm -hmm. So I'm always looking to make sure they're not taking stuff back. Mm -hmm. But to fully answer your question, find people, hire people who are better than you. Mm -hmm. I've, I've never had a problem with that. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but I, I want the ones in, the, in their areas that are going to shine. They're going right. to bring in the awards. Right. Well, and people do want that opportunity to shine. But I got to tell you, I mean, that's that's great coaching. It, it's hard as an entrepreneur sitting here listening to you say that. I mean, we've moved from four to 13 people, and that is a very difficult piece. I, it's interesting. It's hard for me, and I am not in any way, shape, or form a control freak. I am always delegating things out to people. But it's what's been really hard for me is to how to how do I gauge what they're capable of, like, how can you do that so quickly? And obviously we've gone through very, very, very rapid growth. And so there's a lot of pain associated with that. And so that's where I don't have that check on myself about, have you given too much too soon? Or are you not giving someone enough so that they have the base to shine? So do you do you see people coming with, with kind of that juxtaposition of problem? Yes, yes, I do see that. And I think a little exercise I like to do with teams is to have them write their own job descriptions. In other words, start from scratch. <laughs> My team is totally going to crack put... up when you hear when they hear that because I made I made them write <laughs> well, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> now, of course you don't want them to all put run the company. That's right. Not the, that's not what we want. But if they write their own job description just for a moment, you will see how they view their job and what they think they're supposed to be doing. And then you ask them, now, on this other paper, I want you to list the things where you have gifts that you think you could really add a lot to the organization that you're not doing yet, and list that. And start to see where they see themselves. And I'm always looking at that. Are the people on the right seat in the bus mm -hmm. and are they on the right bus so we want to make sure that it's always a good fit mm -hmm. because some clients I will meet they have a weak link in the chain and mm -hmm. a chain is only as strong as its weakest link mm -hmm. so we have to make sure we have the best people the stars and by the way another exercise is when they do that job description have them grade themselves mm -hmm on one side of the paper for every part of that description. Are you an A, B, C, D, 
if you're an E, you're probably not here anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> Don't bother showing you know, up for the meeting. <laughs> yeah. And what you may find is that this one thing that's critical for the organization, the person is seeing themselves as only being a C. Mm-hmm. So we may need some training there, mm, that, which yeah. is, of course, when they call me. <laughs> right. Well, and the thing is, I always think, oh, if there's I'm the person who has to identify the problem, I'm the person who has to solve the problem. And that's not necessarily true. I can say I can come to a coach and just say, hi, I have a problem. I don't know what it is. Can you please identify it for me? Oh, and also, by the way, when you're done, could you please solve it for me? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. look at it. Look at it this way, Priscilla. When you have an employee coming in that says we have a problem, so they're trying to do what we call put a monkey on your back. We have mm-hmm. a problem, Priscilla. What are you going? What are you going to do about this? Mm-hmm. And I like when a leader comes in. I like to say, Wow, what do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. Because we're used to, as leaders, we're used to saying, Well, here's what I'd do. And right. If you say, what do you think we should do? Almost every time it's the right thing to do. And now you say, that's perfect. Let's do it. And they can take the pride of coming up with the right thing. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to absorb it. <laughs> so, well, I want to kind of, let's backtrack just a minute. Now, you're Ma- uh, John okay. Maxwell certified. So you mm-hmm. also can teach from that entire depth of, of courses. But let's talk, I, w- I want people to hear a little bit about your excellent book, Perfect Timing, and why you think it was so well-received, what people got out of that. So a little bit maybe about what you teach when you're teaching John Maxwell, and what do you teach when you're really teaching from your own modules? Okay. Well, with John Maxwell, he's written now, I think, 80, probably more than 80 books. Wow. And when I went to become certified with him, it was a fabulous Uh, certification because we got to spend a lot of time with him. So I listen to what people are going through and then choose the appropriate curriculum teaching the things uh, that he has. So that's that's one thing that I do. With my time management book, Mm -hmm. I actually started this as a course I did for a very large international company that used a person who's well-known in in time management, and they said, but we want another approach. So I wrote the course, used the course with them, and then decided, you know what, I think I have a book here. Mm -hmm. And so they say that it takes about a year or two before a book gets its legs, and that's exactly what happened to me. So I use it as training curriculum. I use it with chambers. I use it in companies I'm at to handle some of the things people face in time management with my own system that I developed. Mm -hmm. And I just finished the audio book to it. And the reason I did that is not just for revenue and not just to help people, but we discovered through studies that if a person reads a book and then listens to the audio book, what they retain is so much more. So that is fascinating. And, And as an author, And Joplin, Missouri, told me one time, after I wrote my book, she called, and and she's had many different books. She said, congratulations on being an author. She said, now, when you put the book on the shelf, it's going to look kind of lonely up there. You're going to (laughs) want to do more. And so, indeed, I do, and it will probably be a little more about time management and some other things. 
Well, but tell, that's tell me a, a little big bit, part of what I do. Yeah, and tell me about that process because a lot of people that listen are interested in the process of writing a book. They are people who have, are solopreneurs and they are, I, I have a lot of life coaches who listen, actually. It's interesting. So a lot, I get a lot of questions back like that. But what was maybe the biggest lesson, or I hate biggest lesson maybe, but what was a valuable lesson that you learned in the process of writing your book and actually um, publishing it and, and where you've gone marketing it since then? It is a big project. Mm-hmm. I won't lie. It takes a lot of time. And if you devote yourself to it, you will have a book. And I have to admit, it's one of the biggest accomplishments in my life. When I look at the book today, I still pick it up and say, wow, I did that. (laughs) And then when I go in, yeah, and it should be old news now, (laughs) but it's not. And Mm -hmm. and then I really shrieked one day when I was in a Barnes and Noble and they were featuring my book on the shelf. I went crazy that day. And it's a great feeling. But as my editor told me when she was working on my book, there's a book in everyone. And I always remember that. And I tell my clients that. And now uh, helping me, my daughter is in that field. And she actually is helping people write some books, too, because I want to have that as part of impact to help people with this writing a book. Mm -hmm. And you just write it and you edit it heavily and get other people to look at it, and there it is. Now, when you go to do it, you could be, look for a publisher to publish it. I don't think that's the best way because you might look forever, and there's not a publisher that wants that particular book. Mine's kind of a hybrid. The organization that did it out of uh, England is the parent company. They do mostly... It's uh, uh, Nelson books. They did mostly religious books, mm-hmm. but they were looking for something a little different and looked at mine and said, you know, we might want to try something not just religious, but time management. So mine's kind of a hybrid. It's kind of self-published, kind of not. Mm-hmm. But I am doing my next one as self-published books because you get them out there quicker uh, mine, you can get through my website, but also Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And why not get it out there? Mm-hmm. Because then you will find people want to talk to you, um, television, radio, everyone. And if you're lucky enough, you'll get to be talking someday to Priscilla McKinney. And then... <laughs> On the then podcast, nonetheless. Really <laughs> you're so right. kind. You're so kind. <laughs> but you, really, you, you just... It's so great, and it's something you've accomplished. And one of my questions of my clients is, what will your eulogy be and your obituary say? Hmm. And you know what? If you wrote a book, that's part of the legacy you leave. Mm -hmm. So it's well worth it. Hmm, That's so interesting. Well, I don't want to let that moment go by without telling people, go to your website, impactbydan.com. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my favorite exactly. parts of there. You actually, ha- you're, you're such a great writer. So the blog is awesome, and I would highly recommend subscribing to the blog. But also, I think you're very mindful of the actual tools that people need to have. You have some materials on there. Where else can people see you? I mean, I find you on your website, but is there something I'm missing where you like to connect with people more? Or You know, the website is probably the main place where they connect with me. Although my weekly blog, I put 
put on Facebook and mm-hmm. LinkedIn and, and some other places too. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, if they email me or phone me, I work with a lot of chambers across the country, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes associations. If anyone has an association wants me to be a keynote speaker, I do that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's that's mostly how I get out there. And, of course, with my book, and now I think the audio book will will do that too. Now, your book comes with other, like, activities and materials. Can you give us just a minute about why you think it's important for people to actually work through the issues? Yes, I want them to do it. Number one, in the beginning of the book, I always say, this is a book I want you to write in because we've always heard as kids, don't write in the book, don't write in the book. (laughs) And I want them to, because then when you're done, you're going to look through this and say, wow, at that point in my life, this is what I was thinking. This is how I answered that. And until now, I hadn't thought of this, but if they want to reevaluate how they're thinking 10 years from now, they can buy another book. <laughs> but that's another story. Yes, but exactly. Go, Start over. <laughs> well, what I want them to do, I want them to have some tools. For instance, one of them, Perfect Timing Priority Planner, they will be able to prioritize their day. It's not a to-do list. Mm. It's a list where you prioritize what you do. And then I want them to have the perfect meetings. And so there's a form in there. How do you have a perfect meeting? You know, what's the ideal length for a meeting, which the answer to that is shorter than the last one (laughs) in my book. You know, I got to tell you a funny joke someone had about we have stand-up meetings in the morning and one of my, I'm always saying, how do we make this better? How do we make this shorter? Somebody suggested that maybe while we're talking, we're all just doing planks. And as soon as people are done talking, then we can get out of the plank. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) I love it. I'm like, man, this is going to be the shortest meeting ever. Yep. (laughs) That's so funny. You know, I've done the priority one with you and it is very powerful. It's it's just, it's like takes the pressure off. It's it isn't that just age-old organizational to-do that's just more hanging over you, but the idea of opening up your mind a little bit to what is truly priority, what is what is really a value, what is what is worthwhile that I'm going to get done today, what what's worth right. my time. I, I love, love, love that mindset. Well, please, uh, all my listeners, go to impactbydan.com and check it out. But there is also a freebie on there. You always offer a free intro session via Skype or phone and people can get that on your website. So would they? Would you prefer someone email you or just click right into the website? And there, there's a contact us page on there. So how would you like people to reach you? Yeah, they can contact me that way. If they want to email me, it's dan at dan Kyoto. C-H-I-O-D as in Dan O dot net. And they can also go to my page and do it that way. And yes, I offer that complimentary session because coaching is not new and yet it kind of is if you've never done it before. Mm-hmm. And I like to offer them the experience of it to at least have one aha moment. And I think at that point, you kind of get hooked on it. And you find out a little secret that I shouldn't tell you, but it's really not what I say. The answers are within the person. It's just that they need to be asked the right questions. And that's what I do. I love that. I love that. And I think that people feel 
the genuineness you have for them and their ideas and that does open them up in a different way i've seen that happen with many people around you so it's really 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 beautiful i count it a privilege to count you as one of my friends and i am still very impressed that you wrote that book so i'm glad that there's two of us <laughs> yeah, uh, it is yeah. such a big feat so please visit him at impact by dan dan kyoto thank you so much for being on the podcast with me just talking shop and having a good time and i will obviously see you at starbucks very soon right <laughs> yeah i'm finished with this coffee so maybe okay. next time you'll treat me awesome i will i will well thank you for <laughs> ponderings from the perch the little bird marketing company podcast this has been priscilla mckinney mama bird here at little bird marketing with dan kyoto from impactbydan.com thanks for listening This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.